Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. This is Lorenzo, and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon. And today we're going to listen in on a conversation between Shauna Holm and Rose Kiasoto Shepherd Davis, who is a Navajo Hopi water woman of the Native American Church of North America. And they'll be talking about peyote, which is uh, actually a first for us here in the salon. In the past, I've focused these talks primarily on plants and chemicals that I've experienced with myself. However, it may surprise some of our fellow saloners to learn that peyote is a plant with which I have no experience of my own. Although I have had uh, several opportunities to participate in peyote ceremonies, I've always passed them up. One reason is that, uh, as you know, it takes many years for a peyote plant to mature to the point where it may be used in a ceremony. And in some places, uh, such as Texas, it's now listed as an endangered species due to overharvesting. So one of the reasons that I've always passed on an opportunity to experience a peyote ceremony is that, well, it just doesn't seem proper for someone such as myself, who is Caucasian and descended from Northern European stock, to use some of the precious medicine that is so central to some Native American spiritual practices. And that's how I have explained myself to friends who have invited me to a ceremony. But there's another reason as well, and I want to be honest about it right here. Uh, the reason is that, uh, well, I've never been able to deal with extreme heat, such as uh, what may be encountered in a traditional peyote ceremony. I can uh, paint that with all kinds of talk about physical problems that I experience in intense heat, but let's just say that I'm basically a coward. I know what uh, deep psychedelic experiences are like, and for me, having one while in a hot teepee is just something that I've decided to pass on. Now, I'm not judging anyone else here, and in truth, I've spoken with quite a few people who have had amazing and richly rewarding experiences with peyote. However, without exception, they have all been Caucasians like myself. So until uh, today, I've more or less avoided any talks about peyote, primarily out of respect for the people to whom this has been a sacred plant for many generations. But today I am very pleased to be able to play a recording of a recent conversation that Shauna Holm had with Grandma Rose, who is a Navajo Hopi water woman of the Native American Church of North America. And it is the first original recording that I've been able to play in which peyote is discussed by someone who comes from a very long tradition of using it. And uh, so now let's join Shauna and Rose and uh, learn a little bit more about this interesting plant. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast discussion for the Psychedelic Salon. My name is Shauna Holm, and today I have the pleasure of uh, sitting across from Rose Kisiato Shepherd Davis. And Rose is a Navajo Hopi water woman of the Native American Church of North America. She is a master bead worker, and she is a fifth-generation great-grandmother in her maternal line. She has been participating in the peyote ceremony for over 25 years, and she lives on the Navajo Reservation in Sanders, Arizona. And today we're going to have a conversation about 
your life, Rose, and your experience with the peyote and how you found your way to it. And I would be grateful for you to share whatever wisdom you you are willing to share with our listeners. And so uh, i I love for you to just first start, begin by, if you could give us a little history of where you were born and where you grew up, and we'll take it from there. Where I was born, I was born in a place called Tisiato area. That's where my name comes from, too, on my grandfather's side. So my father was, uh, he spoke English, so he, he knows that I was born on August 18th, 1947. But my census roll tells me I was born on August 11th, 1947. Hmm. So I used the 11th for records. But on the other hand, 18, I uh, celebrate my birthday. And my mom didn't speak English, so she just says, you were born when the corns and the watermelons were ripe. Hmm. And I still go to that place where I was born. And um, and I look at the area where the Hogan used to be. The wh- what is that? The Hogan. The Hogan? And so I know that I was born there and my 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 cord is still there to where they put it. They buried your umbilical cord mm-hmm. there? Ah. Yes. And and what is the Hogan? And and it's still, you know, just the the remaining of it is still there. So it's in that Tisiato area. Okay, so this yeah. is the Hogan is an actual area. Yeah, it's I a, see. it's a place. It's a it's a home mm-hmm. that that they had in those days. They still have them. You know, they use it for ceremonial purpose or just to live in it, or just to have it. This Hogan that that we talk about. And so your umbilical cord is buried there. Mm-hmm. So that gives you almost like us, I would think, a mm-hmm. very spiritual bond to the yeah. land itself. Uh, so many years ago I was in Los Angeles and I had this feeling, you know, I don't know what it was at that time, but it caused you back. Mm. So I went back. Mm. And then after that I didn't get any more calling. So it does call you back if you know where it's at, your your court. And so you visited the place where mm-hmm. your cord was buried? Yeah. And uh, is that a place that your mother selected specifically? Well, we, we're not there anymore due to the relocation of the, the government put on us. <laughs> so uh, there's a few people that are still out there, but... Uh, you know, that's the reason why we, I live in Sanders, due to the relocation from, from the government from 1960, 70, 80. They forcibly yeah. mo- removed you from your home. From the Hopi land. From Hopi land. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. So Sanders uh, got like maybe 13 uh, communities 
they're all live in different areas and they're all the relocatees. And so everyone's kind of scattered about. Mm-hmm. And Sanders, you know, area here right. and there. Right, right. But I've been only there less than 10 years, so. And before that you were? I, I was living in Wheatfield, Arizona. Okay. okay. And I was there for uh, close to maybe even 20 years. Hmm. Until my late husband passed, and I moved there. I moved away from there. Okay. I have a question. So when the government forced all of you off of your lands, uh, what was the reason? Um, due to um, uh, a paper that was signed back in the 1800 between the Hopis and the government, mm-hmm. and saying that this place was theirs and uh, well, we were living, saying that that place we was the Hopi or? as neighbors good until the government came in some of them weren't forced some of them went willingly to leave their home because the government offered them homes hmm. and money of course yeah so and to this day some of them are doing well mm-hmm um, the young, especially the younger ones, the older people. Um, I know some of them; they're not happy. Mm-hmm. They're in a strange place. Right. They miss their home. Of course. They miss, you know. So, so some of them weren't forced. You know, some of them thought they have a better chance of getting jobs, education. You know. And some of them do. Yeah. Some of them actually have good jobs. Some of them are in school, you know, kids have a better school. Oh, well, that's good. That's good, I guess. I mean, do do you think, though, that it it was a big disruption for the community itself? At at the time. Yeah. At the time, it was like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, even though... uh, People uh, went to different states, different areas to have their homes and all that. Uh, we're still faced with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. We're still faced with drugs. You know, we're still faced with a lot of things. So, well, all right. Uh, I it is my understanding in terms of the subject of, of alcoholism and, and addiction, drug addiction, and that the peyote ceremony. Uh, has been a huge help for many people, particularly Native people who suffer from addiction. Is is that is that correct? It it could be true, but it's going to be up to the individual. Of course, that that wants to do away with it, or you know, they will take medicine, but they will still take alcohol too on the side. Okay. So so it's obviously more than just the medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And I know some of them, you know, they they pray good, but, you know, sometimes something comes up and they will still, you know, do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's the choice that they make. Some, some younger people are taking medicine nowadays, they do their prayers, and they really hold it strong. Mm. They, they, they really abide by 
uh, how they want to be. So it's good and it's not good. Right, right. How did you come to uh, begin working with the peyote, Rose? Well, I all my life uh, while I was growing up, I had relatives that were taking medicine already. I just hear about it, but never really got around to it. I don't know why. Um, it wasn't until 1990 that I got close to it. Me and my late husband started having marriage problems and and his aunt wanted us to stay together and so she's the one that set up a meeting for us. So our first time eating the medicine, first time to be in a teepee and ceremony with, with the kids and and the person that was running the whole ceremony had a chance to talk to us. The other people, they talked to you know how we should be and we shouldn't be like that and things like that so you know it didn't get better right away it took, you know years so so in so many ways I uh, that that one meeting that first time helps things get better and so in that first meeting, did they, so did it begin with them speaking to you about, I guess, offering their wisdom in terms of, you know, how to assist your marriage, and then you ate the peyote? Yeah. And, and then, all right, so so then what would be the purpose then of, of eating the peyote? Obviously, there is a spirit there that assists yeah, so as well. We were getting counseling. Right. Yeah, we're getting counseling, and we take the medicine, and and spiritually that helps mm-hmm. because we weren't exactly doing our prayers mm-hmm. or anything. So it was a start to where we're learning how to pray again. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, because my late husband was Catholic, and I was, you know, Mormon. You were Mormon. You were raised Mormon. Mm-hmm. And your husband was raised Catholic. Catholic. Wow. Wow. My goodness. In Mormon, I pray, you know, one prayer. We say one prayer, and then we use that same prayer, you know. But with the the medicine, you pray for everything. Hmm. You pray for the world, the water. The ocean, the stream, the animals, the birds. You pray for everything. So not just yourself. Mm-mm. Sometimes when you pray for others, you kind of forget yourself. You have to pray. And I believe that's what happened on our first ceremonial, is that they prayed for us, the people that came. And so this was held within a teepee, mm-hmm. and was there a fire also that yeah, was burning there, in the there's center? There's a fire going all night. That's why they have that fire chief. They take care of the fire. 
And so this peyote ceremony is an all-night ceremony. Mm-hmm. And, and that fire is kept going all yeah, night. And the fire is in the center of the circle. You're all sitting in a circle around the fire. And they do their smoke when they want to pray for you. You drink the medicine. goes around. And the, the, the instrument, it goes around too. They sing. Sing a lot of good... Uh, songs, healing songs, new songs, and um, you know some of those songs. If you listen to it when they sing in Navajo, uh, there's a lot of good words in there, uh, teaching words. Mm. You know, but you you have to listen to hear it, mm. and 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 you understand from that that it's a healing song. You know. Mm. And in the peyote meeting, uh, you will actually, you know, cry, you know, have uh, tears, because it, it's, it's it moves, it moves you around, you know, some place in your body you kind of shut down, and some some place in your body you close close it off to other people. You don't want other people to know what you're going through. So this medicine, when you take it, it helps you open up those. Those closed And you're areas. able to bring out your true feelings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where, you know, your, 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 your tears will come in. And it's a, a release to let go of some things that you're carrying with you. Mm-hmm. And then you have community around you yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. What is the purpose of the fire? The purpose of the fire, we uh, we have a fire burning in our heart, right? We live by the fire. We live by water. So many percentage of our body takes out water, and we live with air. You know, we live with air to breathe. It's almost the same thing with all the animals, you know, they live with, with that fire in their heart, everlasting fire. This place has a fire, it has water, it has air. So everything that we have runs by those elements, or vehicle, runs by fire, water, air. Mm. So... So in that term, we we have the everlasting fire. Mm. We have the everlasting water, air. So that's the purpose is, you know, for that fire to be going. Mm. For you, it gets hot, mm-hmm. really hot. But if you know how to withstand it, you can sit there and take it. <laughs> Some people can't. Really, and so like if they can't, then they leave the TB. Sometimes, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. But if you really focus on what needs to be done, of what needs to be corrected, you know, that fire helps you. Helps you burn it away. Yeah, you can look in there and see things. Mm. 
Oh, look into the fire. Yes. yes. When I did the one peyote ceremony that I was so graced to be able to participate in, I was going through a rough time at one point, and the woman sitting next to me leaned in and said, look into the fire. Look into the fire. And that's when the grandfather peyote started speaking to me, and everything changed. Yeah. Some people, they actually will hear things that the next person to them don't hear it. Mm. So it, it, it's it's really uh, good. You know, the sacred medicine, it's really good. Where it'll, ha- it'll help you. And it will help you if, you if you let it, if you want it. Right, right. Now, you are a water carrier. Can you explain that function within the peyote ceremony? Okay, my late husband and I, we um, were, were given a fireplace from Ken Littlefish, Nancy Littlefish, that lives in Port Angeles. Can, can you explain what it, what is it to be given a fireplace? What does that mean? Well, when... They came out one year, Nancy and Ken Littlefish. They came out to our place in Wheatfield. And we planted a meeting. And a meeting means you have a peyote they ceremony? Okay. And a peyote prayer service. Okay. So my husband sat in the cedar position, you know, and I sat in the patient position. And Ken sat in the uh, in the rope. They say rope people, rope man position. The road man. Yeah. Okay. So we, we you know, we talk about you know what we go through. So around midnight, he told my husband to stand up, and he stood up, and I stood up. Nancy stood up. All four of us stood up, and he says. I came here, I want to give you a piece of my fireplace. You can, I'm going to have you, both of you use it. When he sits here, you can sit in the water lady position. So in their days, change place. My husband didn't know everything. He just knew how to take medicine, how to sing, what what procedure uh, each officer does. He knew that. And beyond that, he didn't know. Hmm. I didn't either. To this day, I still don't know all of it. I had to get a little piece and put it together. So that's how... Uh, he left that um, fireplace with us. Meaning you could then call Use your that, own yeah. ceremonies mm-hmm. with Icy. All right. All right. And that's when I got that spot to sit with the water in the morning. And what does that mean? That um, I can sit there and uh, help him with the water. And And what does that look like? To sit behind the water in the morning, mm-hmm. um, it's a, a responsibility. Um, and you, you also 
or a teacher to the younger ones so they can learn how to bring in water. Nowadays they got children, five, six years old, bringing in water. Mm. You know, it's, a, it's a job that a woman holds. And so everyone drinks the water yeah. then? Mm-hmm. At midnight, is, that's when the man brings in the water. Ah, uh, okay. They say the, when the man brings in the water, uh, they say that's hot water. Hot water? Mm-hmm. It's not hot, but it's prefer as he brings in the hot water to help you with things that you need to... Uh, release? Yeah. Okay. All or the, work through. You know, stress and worries. So when the woman brings it in, in the morning, it's cool water. Ah, a, a woman always makes things better when you're sick, right? Mm-hmm. They can, your mother can touch you, and when you're sick, it feels good. Mm-hmm. It's something like that. So very nurturing. Yeah. Very maternal, almost. So that's, that's you know, and you get to sit there and pray of what you really want to pray about. They don't tell you in there, pray for this, pray for that. You pray the way you want. You can do a long prayer, do a short prayer. I know one rope man told us, if you don't know how to pray, if you just say, bless, bless me, that will take care of all the prayers of the prayers. Just two words mm. you can say, it will take care of it. Mm. And down the line, you know, your prayer gets longer, you add things. Mm. And so, do you feel, when you participate in this ceremony, do you feel close to your ancestors as yes. well? Yeah. I feel, I feel closer to the medicine, too. Closer to the medicine? Because I'm able to look at it and taste it. And, you know, you, you just feel it. In, in your heart that you know it, it wants it wants to take care of you it wants to take care of your problem the medicine does yes well let's talk about that because it's sounding to me like you are saying there is an intelligence there is a spirit within that medicine mm-hmm. and so this is something you know in your heart to yes. be true yeah. yes and uh, and is it more of a I understand a grandfatherly spirit? I call it grandfather. I I call the medicine my mom. Hmm. I, I call I call the fire my grandfather. Oh. So the the medicine I call it my mom. Hmm. Because you can tell almost anything to your mom. That's how I feel with the medicine. I can say anything in my prayer to the medicine to where it's different to tell my own mother, my birth mother because this medicine I know will help me like it has it helps you it'll listen it'll listen so whatever you say, whatever you do the medicine will help you and so you are having, when you take this medicine, a direct experience. Mm-hmm. 
of being almost held, it seems, by a very kind and, and loving spirit presence, if, if you will. That's certainly what I felt mm-hmm. as well when I experienced that medicine. And then surrounded, uh, you're sitting in a circle, mm-hmm. which in itself is very yeah. symbolic, and then you are surrounded by community and that fire. And then the singing, I think the singing is a very powerful yes, part. Is. You spoke of sing. I didn't hear women speak in Navajo, probably because there was, wasn't anyone there who could speak Navajo. Do you speak Navajo? Yes, fluently. Fluently. Mm -hmm. And yet you were raised Mormon. (laughs) And so you were raised Mormon and you... I wasn't really raised Mormon. I was in in a Mormon home for a year. Because on the reservation we have all kind of churches. Even in Sanders, I have Mormon that comes over, I have Jehovah Witness come over, I have Christian come over, I have a higher faith come over. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Everything except the actual native... Uh, <laughs> well, the native NAC is still in my home. The Native American And I'm honest about it. If the Mormon comes and I say, you know, do you want to pray? You know, I say, oh, yeah, you know. Or you can pray. But I hear that same prayer over and over. So when they ask me to pray, I pray for everything about them, their family, even the churches, the leader of the churches. Hmm. You know, make sure that, you know, whatever decisions they make, you know, make it right. Mm-hmm. You know, make it right for the, the two young men that are here. Hmm. But I I keep my faith. Um, yeah. Native American church. I eat the peyote, you know. But you eat the drugs, you know. Yeah. To you, I do. But to me, it's a medicine. Uh, they call it drugs. And yeah. so are they coming to your home and, and essentially yeah. trying to convince you to, to leave the peyote? But I tell them, I said, you know, you're in my home, so don't say that. Mm. When you go home, you can say that. You know, but not not in my home. Don't say that. And they respect that. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I I had to tell one that, you know that. I said, don't say that if you can come here. I welcome you to my home, but there's something that you can't say. Hmm. Because I have the instrument in, in my room. I have my medicine. I have my peyote in the back. Where where where? You know. My goodness. So. But one actually told me, he says, you're taking drugs. Hmm. I said, okay, I'm taking drugs. Did she know that the Mormons are growing barleys in Idaho? That barley makes beer. Hmm. So what do you say? Hmm. He says, I don't think so. I said, I know because I read the newspaper. Do a research and you'll see. But, so, when you're here, you know, it's okay. The medicine will take care of you as soon as you leave my door. Go to another home, make sure you're welcome there. So the other people won't slam the door in your face. (laughs) You're very gracious, Rose. (laughs) You're much nicer than I would be. (laughs) But but higher faith, they don't mind. They welcome you. 
they welcome the traditional people. If you're a Christian, you go to them for prayer. They'll pray for you. So the Baha'i faith doesn't... Are you saying they don't try to convince uh, you to leave the peyote? Some of them, they actually take part. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. The Christians are a little different. They, they will actually, you know... It's not right for you to take the peyote, you know. You're not going to get to God, you know. You're not going to get to heaven, you know. You can burn, you know. Well, but I say, I I still pray for you, and and there I still pray for you. So you stand, Rose, very strong in your own faith. Clearly, oh, yes. I mean that that to me that is what it is to have a sacred medicine practice, uh, a sacred relationship with your creator and and know uh, that that is your truth yeah and so then and then it just doesn't it doesn't matter what other people say mm-hmm. you just request that they be respectful I really appreciate that so I have a, you know I really take care of the faith that I have so when I go to other places, to other meetings, if there's something that's not going right, I have to speak up because I have to protect that medicine. I have to protect the fireplace because um, in some places it's still illegal. So if somebody comes in and, you know, start acting wrong or, you know, some people, the first time medicine, they'll get sick so they go outside and, we have to take care of that person because I sometimes discourage people from not leaving early in the morning to go. I said, no, you know, you can be on the road. And, you know, you can't do that while you still have that medicine. You might get stopped by the police and you can get a lot of people in trouble. So you have to take care of yourself first. Isn't there, there's a whole closing piece, though, isn't there, in the morning, because when the one ceremony I attended, you know, it, yeah, it wasn't just over at 6 a.m. There were people who then came in with the water, as you were saying, as you do, and also with, uh, as I recall, fruit and, yeah, there was the food. food, Yes, yes. Uh So, yeah, the ceremony went well into the morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the food is always um, brought in in the morning. And what does the what does that represent? It brings in corn, uh, meat, and fruits. Corn, uh, well, in different fireplaces, uh, corn represent you know different things of the way they were taught. But for us, you know. Maybe not just us, but for a lot of people, corn is what we grew up on. We can, food takes care of us as food. It can last longer. But corn also uh, represents a lot of things, like the colors. There's some that are red, blue. So with the yellow corn, we pray with it. That's always been the tradition from way back. You pray with the yellow corn. Mm-hmm. How? And the white one. Okay. How? The yellow, the yellow corn. 
The white corn, we pray with it in the morning. The yellow one, we pray with it in the evening. But I heard, that was some some years ago I first heard that um, we do a prayer in the morning uh, with the white corn. In the afternoon, we pray with the blue corn. In the evening, we play. With, we we pray with the yellow corn. At midnight, we play with the black corn. Hmm. See, I didn't know that, hmm. but I heard it from my mother. Ah. So, but the two things is the it, it probably still happens in in homes. So, that's where our prayer comes in and. Prayer helps us uh, in different uh, ceremonials that are done in the Navajo tradition. Mm-hmm. And so corn uh, is a medicine. So, so in, in, in that way, the corn is part of the meal that comes in, in the morning. Meat it represents the animal that sacrifice. So we can take that and, you know, consider a medicine again. They use beef or buffalo, deer, you know, that kind of animal. So they sacrifice themselves for us. To this day, you know, we still rely on meat. And then for the fruits, they have that sweet taste to it. And the way I know about the fruits is that um, uh, because it's sweet and, you know, you always want to give something sweet to your child and they feel good when they're eating something sweet. So it kind of brings a memory back of how it was when you were growing up. Every so often you, we would get sweets. Not all the time, maybe three, four times a year. So when we have sweet, we would... Uh, well, for me, it kind of takes me back into my childhood. Hmm. And to this day, if I have one, I say, oh, yeah, I remember at one time, you know, we used to have something like this, you know, during... Uh, Christmas time or you know mm. so it's kind of like a memory a sweetness of your life when you were growing up mm. I, I know in this day and age some sweets are not being given to kids because of you know for health reasons of course yeah yeah but one little candy's not going to hurt mm. a child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah well so these are very uh, specific components of what what is a, a, a ritual practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, ritual is very much a part of the peyote experience mm-hmm. within the Native American church. Uh, what would you say is the importance of incorporating ritual when you are working with the peyote? What, what do you think, what, what would you say that ritual, what does ritual do uh, 
in terms of does it elevate the experience? Uh, what, or what is the importance of ritual? You mean insight? In, in, within the ceremony, yeah. Well, for one thing, they always tell you, watch the way you talk. You talk in here really good. You know, when you go through that doorway, continue to practice that. Watch your word, watch your lip. You know, watch what you say. Because sometimes that word can turn around and, you know, attack you. Because you use words that you shouldn't do. It taught me that. I know my late husband, when I get mad, I used to get mad. He used to get scared of me. Mm-hmm. And then I do be work. So one lesson that I really got, we, we, we were having a, a POE meeting in Flagstaff that ran by my late uh, relative. He was also my father, too. And the man that sat next to him, the cedar chief, he was a, a highway patrol. Really? Yeah. And he introduced him as he says, you're also my daughter. We, you know, he's my brother. Your late father was my brother. So we're all brothers. So you're my daughter. He says, I know what your husband's saying about you here. You get mad. You use these words. He says, but you know what? He says, I've seen your beat work. He says, there, it's a beautiful thing you do. He says, from here on, I'm going to advise you. Pick up your words like the way you pick your beats. Hmm. He says, I want you to do that. I'm not asking you, you know, try. I'm going to ask you to do it. Pick your words from here on. I'm not going to ask nothing of you. I'm not going to ask you to do a beat work for me. I want you to learn. He said, this is a NAC meeting. This is a prayer service. Just for both of you. Just for you mainly because you got a mouth. <laughs> and your husband will be happy. <laughs> and you will be happy. The kids will be happy. The medicine will be happy. Hmm. He says, I will be happy because you're my daughter. And I'm, I'm saying this because you're my daughter. So that was one lesson. It took me from that time, that morning, uh, it helped me. It helped me all that time. So that's part of the ritual then. I mean, yeah. that's part of is the, 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 the passing of wisdom, the advice, mm-hmm. the counsel. And I have used that here and there since that time. Mm-hmm. I said, whatever you do as a hobby or as a job, you know, use that on yourself too. Mm-hmm. So it became a lesson for me. It became a lesson to other people that I came through when, when we passed through each other's life. So when, when words like that through a prayer service that helped me and it helped another person and that person helped another person. 
And prayer is a spiritual component. Mm-hmm. And, and, and clearly it works. Mm-hmm. You can tell somebody some things so many times that they're drinking that don't do that, don't do that. You have to put in another word. Sometimes you can put your tears in there. Beg a person. You know, do it in a more loving, kind way. And that person you're talking to, the heart will open up. Mm. If you just sit there and say, don't be doing that, you know. Where is it going to take you? You're not going nowhere, you know. They don't want to hear that. They want something. Something that their heart is yearning for. You know, one kind word to a person can change something within them. Yes, so true. Maybe if you go to a a juvenile place, if you just talk to them right, they will change. Mm -hmm. I know they will. Mm -hmm. That's because that medicine is helping you to learn how to talk. Because that's medicine... It's already a loving medicine. It also can be a mean medicine, too, if you can't get things through your head. It will shake you. Listen. Really listen. So that would be what some people experience on the different visionary yeah. medicines where they have a real it challenging time. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just trying to make you realize that, you know, you're, you're a person. You don't deserve to be like that. I want you to be, you know, a person that will see things in the right way, open up your eyes to more things, open up your heart to more things. You know, with our five senses, our eye, our touch, our feelings, our taste, our hearing, you know, that, that will all open up. Hmm. When you work with the medicine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not only that during the prayer service, in your everyday life. Yes, because it stays with you, doesn't mm-hmm. it? it? It will always be near you, mm-hmm. be there. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a question. I know peyote grows very slowly. Mm-hmm. And I understand it is endangered in some areas, in many areas where it used to grow prolifically, it doesn't even grow anymore. Yeah. And so uh, what do the people within the Native American church do to uh, to help keep the peyote growing and available? The way I, the way I think is that if we could just all come together, all the, um, it doesn't matter what, what, um, what uh, NAC you belong to, as long as you partake of the medicine, and if people can all come together and try to agree, not criticize each other about the medicine, because not, that's what's going on now. Oh, so-and-so is not doing things right. So-and-so is not, you know, there's words going back and forth. That's why the medicine's kind of backing up. Oh, 
Really? Yeah, he says, oh, you know, the me- the medicine... Is not going to be so available, you mean? Yeah, mm, because of that's... what we're doing it ourselves. We're... That's an interesting perspective. Yeah, but if we do things, you know, accordingly to the way it wants, we're trying to put more laws on it, too. More laws on it mm-hmm. to say what? We, we make the law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We say, oh, you can't do that. You can't sit like that. You can't. A woman can't sing in the peyote mean. A woman, a woman, you know. Oh, they don't let women, some um, fireplaces don't some, let the women sing? Yeah. Really? That's true. Some women aren't allowed to speak in the meeting. Or speak? Yeah. Just men speak? Yeah. You need both, yeah, as you I, know. I, I went to a prayer service where they said, I said, can I talk? I said, no, you're not allowed. I said, oh, okay. Then I should sneak out. You did? <laughs> they, huh? they wouldn't notice. Oh, my goodness. But it is true. But now that the younger men that are coming in, they're more open-minded. They're more... Um, they see more things than the older people. The older people are strict, yeah, for, for a lot of reason. Because, you know, we need that strictness. Mm-hmm. We keep doing things wrong, do it again, repeat things over, you know. They will, you know, tell us, mm-hmm. kind of shake us. But now the younger kids are more open-minded. They're, you know, more into... They educate themselves, really, is what they're doing. They they don't they don't all agree with the the laws. Hmm. So so if we can come up together and pray for each other and talk to talk to each other good, think about each other good, not talk about the next person. The medicine will come back, start coming back. So be, oh, and okay, so become more available in growing in areas maybe that... I hasn't. have a son in Mexico. I talked to him earlier. He is trying to work with the Mexico government. He's working with the Navajo Nation and all other Native nations. He even have gone to United Nations, New York, trying to get the medicine Mexico into United States. Oh, why you can't bring the peyote from Mexico into the United States? Is no, but some have done it. How I don't know. Do you think they're doing that because they want to protect what what little peyote they have growing in Mexico? You know, oh, keep- Mexico is. They're medicine. They got medicine, mm. and my son's gonna buy a land and grow medicine, and just dedicate it to growing peyote and keep the medicine going for all people. Ah, but Texas is, you know, it doesn't grow like the way it used to. Mm-hmm. I have heard that they're they're selling medicine by the roadside now in Texas. Who's selling medicine by the uh, roadside? People that grows. Na- okay. Yeah. So it will come back. 
but it's going to be up to the people again. I, I think that's very interesting because it has been coming to me more and more that I think human beings are a very intrinsic part of the earth. I think we do belong here. I do not think we are a cancer. I really don't. I think we have lost our way yeah. dramatically. And when human beings lose their way, I think nature, of course, reflects that. Mm-hmm which is why it's a polluted mess out there, because people are a polluted mess. And so what you're saying makes perfect sense, that if uh, certainly uh, Native people uh, who work with the peyote, if they can come into their own harmony, because of course this is a spiritual practice, and this is a spirit intelligence, clearly, that we're speaking about here, that that if that harmony could be established, that then the peyote itself would respond to it. This is what it sounds to me like you are saying, and then would uh, all of a sudden be a little more available, perhaps in areas where mm-hmm. it has not been thus far. In other words, that it is reflecting the, the imbalance, the disharmony right now. And even the... I, some rural people, they ask for a lot of money to run prayer service. See, that's where things are backing up to, the medicines backing up. Oh, so, okay, so that didn't used to be before? No. No, so you would have a peyote ceremony or a meeting, as you call it, and people would come in and no one would pay for this? No, the rural person mm-hmm. wants the money. Now the now they yes. do, but they didn't used to. It, it's like a job, you know. If I do a meeting for you, I want a thousand dollars, five hundred dollars. I mean, the person's already not well to ask for a meeting, a prayer. Then, if you take five hundred, that person's just going to keep suffering. Now, in the past, would there be some kind of gifting that you yeah, would you do for the roadman? You bring. Uh, tobacco or maybe something that you just had, you know, jewelry. Mm-hmm. Something special. You know, you can't give them so much money, to, you know, for them to travel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something to eat on the way. Right. You know, this is what I can give you. Right. This, you know, I don't have much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have much. Mm-hmm. So when you're asked to put down a thousand, you know, Never mind, you know. Mm. I'll, I'll see if I can find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where... Uh, that's where, you know, the medicine... Don't want to be in a peyote was if there's going to be... If somebody's going to be asking for money. On, on It's not the medicine. Yes, the medicine costs money. Maybe five hundred for a thousand button. You know, I I know people spend a lot to have medicine, but you gotta have medicine to have a prayer done. I know one time my daughter says, "What will happen?" No, her her friend is a Mormon, and her friend says, "If you want to have a meeting for your birthday." And you have no medicine, so that means no, no birthday meeting for you. What do you even do? He says, "We'll just pray with the water." Pray with the water. Hmm. 
Mm. That's what she said. Mm. She said that medicine, that water will be like a peyote. Mm. So, so, but we still need to have money to buy the medicine. Some people they actually go to Texas to get medicine, but you gotta have papers and. Uh, of course. To travel, you gotta have money, you gotta have money for the medicine. Some people, they pitch in, I'll put in this much, you know, and you get back, uh, you know, give me whatever you think, you know. Is peyote easy to grow? Can you? Maybe, maybe in Texas, yeah. And, but not but in Arizona I, where you are? I think you can do it if you have a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. But I am not too sure if that's legal or, you know. Mm-hmm. But somebody will have an answer to that. Okay, well, I have a uh, maybe a controversial question, perhaps. So for those people who are not part of the Native American church, but who are feel called to work with the peyote... What advice would you give those people in terms of how to approach the the peyote? Because not everyone, you know, in in other words, I know that the the North American, Native American church does allow non-Native Americans into their ceremony. But other, of course, uh, uh, Native American churches do not, if I'm understanding this. And so for those uh, non-natives who who do wish to work with the peyote, what, what advice would you give them? Okay, um, I'll, I, I had some, a, a, a couple get after me because I had non-native that came to my place for a prayer done because I invited them, because I trust them. Okay, they said, I, I shouldn't do that. That's not right. I said, okay. I said, but I have grandkids that are half white. Are you telling me that if I do a prayer for my grandkids, I only do half? Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Mm-hmm. Tell me. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they never, I never got an answer, they left. Hmm. Hmm. And I don't think that's right. I went to a, a conference, Native American conference that they have in Texas. That's, that's what was brought up. Was what? We, uh, we, there's a TPO there. We want all the native people in there. There's another people where all the white can go in, or Mexican. And I said, "What are you guys saying? We're in Texas. We're not on the reservation. This is their land. On their land, growth, the peyote goes on." Mm-hmm. But yet there was a hogan there. I said, so the people that came from, um, there's a lot of people there. I said, all oh, the people that came from New York, they can't get in. It's their money that brought us here. It's their mm. food we're going to eat. Mm. You know, the Mexican people here are the one that brought the medicine. Yeah, and you're gonna, they want to segregate I think them. That's right. 
Mm-hmm. And what was We're the response? We're all human being there. They have a heart. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I have one. You got one. Oh. The medicine's got a heart. Mm-hmm. That medicine is for all 500 people. Up. Mm-hmm. And then I, I said, we, we dress like white. We speak their language. So if you want this law to be just for you, write it in Navajo. Mm. Won't use English. Mm-hmm. Don't speak. Don't speak English. Mm. Don't eat their food. <laughs> don't dress like them. If you can be like that. What was their response to that? They, they. I just walked out, and my husband's going, "Be quiet." I said, "I have to say something." Mm-hmm. You know, I have to say something. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't treat. Treat people like this. Right, We're, no matter what color they are. Yeah. No matter what color. Yeah. It's, it's, it's preposterous. Yeah. And, and it's not right. Mm-hmm. Did the medicine say that to them so we can be like that? Mm. The medicine doesn't, came to us with no paper. Now we're, we, we're allowed to have paper. In, in a way, it's good because if I want to come out here, I can bring my court box, my feathers, some medicine, paper, saying, you know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, when I went to Mexico, I put my court box right on my lap and my paper. See, in Mexico, if I take anything across, it's illegal. Ah. Uh. So, I told uh, the people at the at the border mm-hmm. I said this is my medicine box my feathers if you want to open it go ahead I said, oh no <laughs> we trust you <laughs> I said I'm gonna go to your land I'm gonna pray there <laughs> go ahead go yeah. I was at an airport in Las Vegas I had my medicine box I told I told him, I said, you can open it and look in it. I said, nope. Mm. Let it go through. I think you command respect, Rose. And I, I think it is your spirit. That you stand very strong in your spirit. You stand very strong in your wisdom. So coming back into Mexico, they said, we're not going to bother with your medicine. Medicine box, we're not going to ask you to open it. But we're going to ask you, did you, are you bringing back Coke, cheese? <laughs> no, I would want to. But I ate a lot before I came across. <laughs> yes, so it, just for me, it, it's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not right for my grandchild to be treated like that because she's half white. Mm-hmm. And... My late, my brother's kids are half white. Nothing about that. You know, if you can talk like that, go back to your home and talk like that. But not in my home. Mm-hmm. I have kids that are half black, kids that are half Mexican, half white, you know, patchy, you know. Mm-hmm. I have all kind of tribe in my family. Mm-hmm. And I am going to pray for them oh. the right way. Oh, a good way. Thank you. And what you tell me, you can't do that in your own home. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the way you were taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I taught myself not to be that way. Mm. So that was a lesson to myself that I was able to say that. I didn't know I was going to say that. Yes, well, this is what I'm saying. This, this very strong spirit that you carry is, I think, exactly what is needed right now. Mm-hmm. Because I think things are just getting worse than, mm-hmm. than ever. And I think it is so interesting what you shared about the peyote essentially receding, not making itself so available, saying, look, there is, you know, because of course we can say, well, it's been over-harvested, and and of course it it has been uh, in many areas from what I understand. And yet, as you say, there is tremendous discord Mm -hmm. among the uh, people within the Native American church and uh, and so and, and and other it sounds like you know tribes that work with this and uh, it's almost as if the medicine is is calling us back to harmony mm-hmm. and then so here you are this this native great grandmother with all of this life experience and this very uh, good and strong heart saying, listen, I'm going to tell you exactly how I see it, and, and mm-hmm. there's right and wrong, and the way you guys are doing this is, is wrong. This is not how you, this is not how we treat each other. So sometimes you have to bring these things up, of how to treat each other, you know, in a prayer meeting, how to take care of that medicine, how we can't always do certain things the way we want to do in a prayer. There's time to really pay attention. There's a time to really sit up when the water coming in or the medicine, you know. Can't really, can't, you can't really sleep in there. You have mm. to sit up. I know one person. Um, I'm just coming out from rehab, you know, you know. But why did you come? Because I wanted to see what it's like. Okay, did you come to watch or come to participate? Mm. I said, I think I came to watch. I said, you know what? That's not the right way to be here. Mm. You want to watch, you know, go to a dance and watch, you know. Mm -hmm. This is a prayer. Mm -hmm. You're in a circle. You can sit up and pray. You're young, you know. Maybe it'll help you part. This is where you can get rehab. It's mm. where you get therapy, where you get counseling. You know, it's where you get love, too. Mm. So if you want to get help, I suggest you set up. Ah, uh, yes. Set up and pray for yourself. Mm. Uh, eat the medicine, pray. <clears throat> so it... It, it comes around to those things mm-hmm. where you sometimes have to say something. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't take care of the fire and the medicine, the water, what if the police comes in and get everybody arrested? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, a lot of people, lot, especially the, the, the non-native, mm-hmm. they don't have papers. Right. So with that in mind, we have to protect everything. 
everybody mm -hmm. in a prayer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I want to go back to my earlier question just to clarify. So if there are non-Native people and they just want to do peyote, you know, in the privacy of their own home, uh, they don't have access, shall we say, to a Native American church, uh, would you encourage them to to incorporate some kind of ritual into that experience for themselves? You know, rather than just sort of hanging out on the sofa and mm -hmm. eating peyote. If something is going to be like that, like, you know, done that way, mm -hmm. you know, again, you know, those are the choice mm -hmm. of how you want to pray, how you want to uh, use it. Um, I really can't say anything on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, make sure you have witness. Um, make sure you have at least somebody there that knows more. Mm -hmm. So you have a teaching as you go about it. Mm -hmm. But just to take it in your home and just eat it and, you know, get that feeling, uh, no. Mm. You know, if, it's, if you want help and want to do it in your own private home, you know, that's one way. You know, sometimes when, when we have problems at home, we just put our uh, our, our charcoal down, mm -hmm. put our instrument down, and we just pray. Mm -hmm. If we have medicine, we'll have some medicine too. Mm -hmm. Or we'll just smoke, mm -hmm. put cedar down, and that helps. A cedar, uh, I meant to ask you about that. So there is a cedar person in the ceremony as well. And so they're working with this, the cedar tree, the cedar, mm -hmm. as a way to it is a cleanse the area. Okay, you, you know, probably go to a cedar tree. Again, you know, that's where prayer comes in. Mm -hmm. You have to pray. You know, you, you just don't run out there and start gathering up uh, cedar mm -hmm. you have to pray because that's part of who we live with mm -hmm. so they give up themselves you know I'm going to take you home I'm going to use you to pray with you know mm -hmm. just like that animal mm -hmm. you want to go hunting I know the the Wacholis they go to the mountain they bring a deer back or they're like I know one place that had a sun dance, and they went out to the mountain. They actually pray out there to the deer. The meat was done. They prayed to the meat. So, yeah, you go out there and pick and let it dry, and you fix it, and then you pray with it. Mm. The same thing with the medicine. You go out there to get medicine. You have to do a prayer. Um, just since you get in your vehicle, you know, you, you pray. Yes, I'm getting this, <laughs> that everything is a prayer. Everything you do is going to be a prayer. Mm. Some some people say that, oh, you, you're not actually praying. But if you look at your children and they're there to eat, that's a prayer. 
You know, you see the food that's put before you, you know. Be thankful. You know, just looking at it, you know, that's a prayer. Being aware, like, you know, whatever you have, you got it through prayer. Mm. Got it through, you know, hard work and... I know when my when my late husband died, uh, his ex wanted everything in court. Hmm. She wanted cars, she wanted the mobile home, she wanted money. But you know what? I was calm about it. I asked the judge, "Can I speak?" She says, "Go ahead." She was sitting right there. I said, "You know what? Whatever I had." I sat up all night and cried just so I could have a home, a vehicle. I said, you know what? That's what you should do. Pray. Pray for whatever you want. Pray with your husband and your children. And if you do it right, you'll get a home. Hmm. But this is my home. I'm going to hang on to it Hmm. because I prayed for it Hmm. Uh all night. It can happen to you, too. In fact, I'll help you. I'll pray for you that you will have a home someday. Hmm. And that was it. Judgment gave me lifetime restriction. So she can't come near me. Hmm. I wasn't mad at her. I wasn't angry with her. I said, I was also a faithful wife. I was a good mother, a good wife to him. Mm. Cooked his food, took care of him. When he wants to argue, I said, wait, I'm busy. (laughs) I'll come back and we'll argue later. I go back, okay, I'm here, I'm ready. Oh, forgot all about it. Mm. You know, so... These were lessons. It wasn't something, oh, I can't do it, you know, it's my home, you know. You have to be careful of what you say. Hmm. Yeah, I was mad, you know, but I had to think first. You know, she has a heart, she wants a home, but she can't have mine. Hmm. What I work for, she can't have it. Hmm. So... Beautiful. You know, I still hope that, you know, wherever she is, that, you know, she has something. Mm. Rose, your wisdom is so powerful and so needed today. And I want to thank you so very much for taking this time out of your schedule to to sit down with me and, and, and share. And I know there are going to be a lot of people who will be very grateful for what you have shared for this good wisdom. You're listening to the Psychedelic Salon, where people are changing their lives one thought at a time. Well, I have to admit that after listening to Grandma Rose, I am now sorry to have passed up on the opportunities that I had to participate in a traditional peyote meeting. I'm sure that it would have been very beneficial for me. 
However, unless you're raising your own peyote, it still doesn't seem right for us Caucasians to harvest that plant to near extinction, uh, thus making it unavailable to the indigenous people to whom it's been a part of their culture for so long. And speaking of so long, while these podcasts haven't the uh, pedigree of ancient usage, well, today's podcast marks the last podcast of my 11th year in producing these talks from the Psychedelic Salon. This coming Thursday, March 17th, will mark the beginning of my 12th year in sending these talks your way. And to celebrate that event, I'm going to post another talk this week, uh, on Thursday actually, from the Terrence McKenna series that we've been listening to lately. So uh, stay tuned. Now, in continuing with what I began last week, I thought that I'd read some of the headlines from stories that I've posted in my Flipboard magazine. And in case you aren't aware of Flipboard, it's mainly an app that you can use on your phone or tablet to easily congregate news stories that may be of interest for you. And, uh, in fact, it can also be accessed directly on your computer via Flipboard.com. Now, this past week in the Psychedelic Salon magazine on Flipboard, I've posted stories that include the psychedelic drug that can help cure heroin addiction, Aquaponics, how to grow cannabis using fish for $35. The energy gobbling truth about legal cannabis that can't be ignored. Five ways the war on drugs is waged against women. Top U.S. international drug official signals green light for countries to decriminalize. Men of color on what it's like getting busted for weed in today's New York City. Six college students arrested for allegedly operating ecstasy ring. Analysis of Arrowwood shows weed is not a gateway drug after all. Marijuana outsold alcohol in Aspen, Colorado during two months in 2015. Racial disparity persists in Philadelphia marijuana arrests after decriminalization. Could marijuana help kids with cancer? What it's like to have your severe depression treated with a hallucinogenic drug? Is it time for football to reconsider marijuana? 80-year-old marijuana dealer in U.S. faces sentencing in large business. Israel, the spark-up nation for medical marijuana investing. The five biggest marijuana-consuming countries in the Western Hemisphere. And lawyer offers five facts to know before starting a marijuana business. There were more stories that I posted there during the past week, but, well, that'll give you a little taste for what's going on in the mainstream media when it comes to uh, cannabis and other psychoactive substances. And before I go, I also want to mention one other magazine. It's the Cannabis Nurses Magazine and is published by the Cannabis Nurses Association. This is an international association of medical professionals, nurses to be exact, and is something that you may want to look into if you're a nurse or studying to become one. Even if you aren't a nurse, uh, I think that you're going to find some truly interesting stories in this very professional and well-produced magazine. In addition to the main articles in the most recent edition, you'll also find uh, cannabis recipes, job listings, humor, and, uh, well, much more. To learn about this excellent resource, just go to www.cannabiznursesmagazine.com. That's all one long word. C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S-N-U-R-S-E-S-M-A-G-A-Z-I-N-E.com. 
And there you will even find a digital edition as well as uh, information on how to subscribe to their print edition. To tell you the truth, when my wife came home from a recent meeting of the local chapter and showed me their January-February magazine, well, I was uh, well, I was really blown away. There's uh, really a wealth of new information that they're making available to us, and I highly recommend that you check it out. And for now, this is Lorenzo signing off from Cyberdelic Space. Be well, my friends. <laughs>